Welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords, an actual play podcast of low dice rolls, the high adventure and intermediate levels of terrible puns. With me are the four masters of the sword, drawn crudely or otherwise, and they are... I play Banbury Lutes, and I prefer nunchucks. I am Tristan T. Wilde. Gwintig, Percival Cleft. No real life names. Enigma. 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 And I've got a glass that's shaped like a skull. Fair play. She has. That's interesting, because I've got a skull shaped like a glass. (laughs) (laughs) Gwyn Pointhead, they call him. (laughs) Put pot plants in it. (laughs) He'll be good in the circus, because they can have him as a tumbler. (laughs) He's playing highball. Crystal Gwyn. (laughs) If you just put your finger around his head, he's like, wee! (laughs) Get off! (laughs) So... When last we saw our heroes, they had been in a massive punch-up with a douchebag called Death and his assembly of pets. Enigma had done some prep, crawling around under the rolling city of Lan to discover a secret way into the vaults of the Red House. She also spotted some interesting lizards and got invited to a bar by one of the undercrews. Oh, yeah, there was a lizard eating some meat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love how you're bigging up the Enigma stuff. The stuff that was clearly filler that you were thinking of on the spot because you're like, oh. Filler? Oh, Ali's wandered off. That was quality content. <laughs> I was like, wow, I was kind of expecting everyone to walk into the dangerous trap. But Enigma's too smart. She's like, screw you guys. That looks dangerous. I don't like to do what everyone else does. So that's great. Enigma did some A-plus casing, and uh, you all got cased. So, after the fight, we have all four hawks in this small room in which you're ambushed, this larger room than it appeared, because Death was using illusions to make it look different. Death makes fools of us all. (laughs) In every regard. So, your immediate opponent has left the scene, and how do you want to pick up? What do you guys want to be doing next? Dancing. Ben, can you remind us exactly how he left the scene? Because I think it was a bit of a weird... It was not like he just walked out the door. He vanished through the floor. Right. But he didn't leave a hole. He just went through it in some disapparative way. I'm going to walk to the entrance to the room and start getting dressed again. <laughs> what? <laughs> How had Tristan got naked? The thing is, she doesn't even remember. He just knows that whatever happened, Tristan must have taken his clothes off. <laughs> I think he was invisible. Yeah, and I, I knew my clothes wouldn't turn invisible, so I took them all off and I was totally naked. I mean, they would have. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You weren't invisible, it's just people didn't want to look at you. How dare you? They <laughs> pretended you weren't there. I go into great detail explaining how buff and good-looking Tristan <laughs> is naked for that very reason. Now I'm conscious. Quick, get my clothes on. The adrenaline's worn off. <laughs> Tristan Godiva. <laughs> right, so Tristan's getting dressed. I want to uh, pull Jabruce out of the sock on my waistband and just yeah. throw it cautiously to the floor that uh, death disappeared through. Does Jabush yeah. land on solid ground? Yeah, that seems solid. Mm. Yeah, there's something odd going on there. I'm just, Bambri's just going to look at Enigma and Percy and shrug. He's definitely not going to look at Tristan. <laughs> I'm just bending over, picking up my pants. <laughs> uh, probably for the best. I'm going to look back at Bambri and also shrug. I don't know what happened there. What was all that about? I'm going to look at the floor and shrug. 
just to join in. <laughs> Shrugging. I mean, you killed his brother, that's fairly legitimate, and he claims that he's been scrying on us via a bit of the mirror. Now, I mean, I didn't notice any of the mirror was missing, but I guess I haven't really... Ben, I'm going to look at the mirror. Yeah. Is it obvious there was a piece missing? No, there's nothing missing from the mirror. Okay, um, didn't he pick out of his hand or his pocket a bit of the mirror to say, or was that all just... He picked out a mirror that looked just like yours. Uh, okay, so there was a bit on the ship where obviously... What was the name of the ship captain that you killed and fed to a shark, Percy? I've so many names. <laughs> <laughs> killed so many people I could barely recall. It's Captain Arsene. Ah, uh, Arsene, that's right, yeah. Oh, it? Yeah, good. Arsene to nowhere. Right, so Arsene probably cased us right from the start. We all left our stuff in that room. All of my stuff got nicked at one point, so I imagine not just my books were stolen by... Uh, that greasy little chef. I imagine Arsene probably had a look at our stuff. Maybe maybe he could check it was magical and, and maybe he realised that was a scrying device and you can scry back through scrying devices, I guess, now, learning this for the first time. So maybe he contacted his brother, who was a long way away, but I don't know if there's magical ways of sending messages. Tristan, that seems more like your... Striding back into the room purposefully, uh, Tristan will ask Bambri, where did you originally get your mirror? Uh, my mum gave it to me. It used to be hers. And before that was another witch's. And before that, it was some old witch that lived in a castle, I think. Are they all made from a single mirror that's kind of formed or are they all individually made? Do you know? I don't know. Did, didn't we have a conversation very, very similar to this yeah. before we acted on the information the mirror was given to us? Okay, so the, the mirror is a fae and it's trapped, but it's a lesser fae. And it, when I got it off my mum, I asked, okay, well, can the fae dominate the little fae in it? Can they contact it? Can the, the fae scry through it? And she said no. I didn't ask, can anyone else scry through it? I mean, it is a magical kind of portal to something, effectively. It's not like a, a mundane mirror. You could ask it now. Just try and have an informal chat rather than a musical rap battle and then... I mean, sure, if I'd had like a month and a half between us having this fight, I would have had plenty of time to write um, some kind of poem. But imagine that it happened five minutes ago. You mean, if you had time to reflect? Yeah. Oh, very good. But let's assume I haven't had a month and a half to, to prep that okay. thing that would have been an obvious thing for me to prep. Well, why don't you, like I often have to do, make it up on the fly, little mirror in my pocket... I'm Bambri the Witch Rocket. Okay, I can't do it. <laughs> okay, how about you all talk amongst yourselves and I'm going to come up with something that I should have come up with in the last five minutes. Very well. So I think that we still need to ha get these gems back, don't we? Back into the red house. Was that the plan? Yeah, I think it was. Wasn't it? Enigma, were you scouting to find a way of sneaking the jewel back into the red house? Yes. Did you find that way? I certainly recall... Everything about that. <laughs> well, what you found was that you probably weren't going to be able to go through the floor because when you punched a hole... It was magic hole. It went into some kind of interstitial dimension. Yeah. Because the inside of the vault is lined with elsewood. Wasn't there a bit that wasn't? Or was I just hoping for that? There was. So what you were able to figure out was roughly the size of the area that was lined with this wood. Right. But basically the way you've seen it worked with uh, Grandmother Chi, when she opens the drawer, it occupies a different space that doesn't exist. So the outside of the drawer is very small, the inside is a little larger. 
this is made of the same stuff, but it's much bigger. So you know how big the area of it in this realm is, but you don't necessarily know how big the inside is. So we could end up drilling a hole and have to climb up for years. That would be cool. So when you drilled the hole, effectively it was like puncturing a vacuum. It was going into this interstitial space and you weren't accessing what was inside it. You were somewhere else. So what you can infer from that, I suppose, is you're probably going to have to go in through the door into that part. And so you might want to put together plans for finding out what the layout's like or how you might sneak your way in. And you have this big party coming up in a couple of days. Can we get somebody to show us round? Because we're very interested in their culture. You could certainly try that. Okay, so the plan was to sneak the gem back in. Yeah, I, I think the plan was that we needed to get the gem back to them in such a manner as to make them not realise it was ever missing in the first place. Yeah, so we have got a swanky heist. So we're gonna. our plan is to go in with the gem. We're going to dress up as a combination of high society visiting for the first time and some of us are going to go in like waiter gear and waitress gear stuff and and then yeah we we probably need an idea about what happens at these parties what the general layout is where the gem would be kept in the first place and what kind of security might be monitoring it that sort of thing well i can tell you we're not getting in from the bottom (laughs) as the bishop said to the actress (laughs) So we need to knock out some guards and put their clothes on and pretend we're man in the debt. We need a proper elaborate heist. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely need. It depends on the kind of party because maybe everyone's taking lots of drugs so it'll be a little bit easier. Yeah, true. Maybe it's an Andrew WKD party in which everybody's like stroking puppies <laughs> and eating pizza. Maybe everyone else doesn't follow Andrew WKD on Twitter. Also, Enigma, you are a poisoner. Even if everyone wasn't taking drugs to start with... Oh, I'm a poisoner. It's not impossible that they could be taking drugs later. I don't have any drugs, though. I know who does. Bambri does. I'm busy <laughs> writing a poem right now. Excuse me, I have to get my adolescent angst out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can, um, I've got a potion where I can cure. Okay. And um, I've got an anaesthetic. <laughs> Well, that's probably going to be quite useful to use on the guards. Because the sleeping thing we kind of used. Oh, anaesthetic. But you are also in a city, so you may be able to acquire bits and bobs. Let's score some drugs. You could score some drugs. I, I don't know if I, I think the idea of indiscriminately drugging the entire party... Not us. ...is really going to work that well, is it? No, we're not going to take the drugs. <laughs> I mean... I finished my poem, but I don't really... I came in at a bad point. Why are we drugging everyone? For funsies. I don't think we... No, that would be a bad idea. So we can sneak in. There's better ways to do it. Let's just mail it to them. <laughs> We're mailing people drugs. No, the, the gem. gem. It's your go-to cover story. That's <laughs> true. Banbury, hit us with your poem. All right, can you do the uh, backing noise? I'm not much of a drummer. Okay. Or even mouth drummers, as we call them. (laughs) Mouth drummers. (laughs) Now, this is going to be bad because I didn't have a lot of time and I've just been hitting the head a lot. So, mirror, mirror, held aloft in death's temporary domain. What is this in my back? This sharp stabbing pain. Is this a dagger I see before me? 
clear sign of betrayal. What snake set me up, sent us all to fail? I ask you the questions, you tell me the truth. I scry through you, you show me the proof. So what's all this about death's informed gaze? You're no mirror, you're a window, not even double glazed. You've let me down, you've put us in the heat. We've walked straight here, death's plan now complete. Oh shiny diviner, deliberate this last question. I see from your face no need for confession. Trust is now shattered. I was the performer, little did I know I held an informer. So Judas mirror, reflection of shame. How do we end this scrying? Simply smash your frame? Tell me quite simply, how do we end his scrying? Don't give me any BS, or it won't be me crying. Wow! Okay, that's pretty good. It doesn't answer how he got a shard of the mirror though, would you say? He didn't get a shard of the mirror, he's scrying through a mirror into my mirror. Okay. I do just as apocryphal. But we don't really use the mirror that often, unless he can just see out of it in your bag. Mm. An intermediate success. So, what that means is the mirror is going to reply in haiku. Right, well, Ben thinks of a haiku, just as I had a couple of minutes out. Well, you can fill in Banbury on uh, what the hell's going on. I'm going to score some drugs. You're going to score some drugs. Okay, so I'm with Enigma on this plan. And then we're going to run a charity kick. <laughs> no, I'm out of the plan. I'm, I'm done. Right, so we owe Grandma. We need to get this back. Yes. I don't really get why this guy set up such an elaborate thing to trap us. Yeah, that's what we were saying. Yeah, I'm not particularly clear on that either. Right, so why don't we just do what I said in the first place. I'll go invisible. I'll lob it through a window. Job done. We leave. We've got places to be. I don't think there is a window. There's not a single window. <laughs> like like your classic bank fault. You're just like, oh, we've got some big windows in here. <laughs> I think we've got a bit of time, so we can use that to try and work out... Our costumes. Um, what generally happens at these parties and what kind of magical defences or whatever they might have. Are we going to a LAN party? <laughs> you may turn invisible and then walk in and immediately they'll just be able to see you through some magic of their own and then little Bambri will be stood there holding the gem and that won't work very well. Enigma could do some put-pocketing and find the person in charge of the Red House and just slip the gem into their pocket. I think it's quite big. How big? You put it in your tiara hair. Can't be that big. I've got big hair. Yeah, but it can't be that big. That's what she said. Ben, how big is this gem? It was the size of a golf ball, pretty much. Ah. Oh. That's tiny. Oh, I could totally sneak that in someone's pocket, but when they find it, all hell will break loose. Yeah, we've been made patsies. Let's make someone else a patsy. Let's just patsy off. That's not a bad plan. Pass the patsy. We could just put it on someone's pocket and then have a show us what's in your pockets party. <laughs> <laughs> Slip it into someone's drink. And so they think it's an ice cube. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just make it look a bit like a cherry. Yeah, I mean, a golf ball-sized cherry. Yeah, it's red, isn't it? Yes. Oh, we could claim we're foreign dignities and a bit like a tequila worm. We have it's no dignity. Just, there's a gem that, at the bottom of a bottle and then we could just sneak it in and no one will, will look if we put it in some ale or something. Like a gem in some ale. Uh, bottle. Bottle's going to be too big. Why? Well, I remember the time that I got rhubarb and custard sweeties and tried to put them in a vodka bottle. It doesn't go through the, the uh, neck. Hmm. You could have smashed them and put them in. I, that's what I did in the end, but if we get in mm. trouble... I remember hearing a story that Tristan T. Wilde ran out of drugs once and bought cannabis vodka 
and he dried out the seeds yeah, and true. tried to smoke them and then I watched yeah. him throw up repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, but that was unrelated. That was mostly thanks to the amount of booze I'd been drinking. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> so we either do this heist, trying to get in, find out what guards they have, sneak past the guards, get into the room, put the gem back, sneak out again, or we... Drug the guards. Or we slip it into someone's pocket, or we drug the entire party that's there, and then just do it way easy. Are all the people at this party going to be Red House people? I don't think so, no, because isn't it, it when the new house joins Land City, then they have a big welcome party? Yeah, it's it's when the villages rejoin the city, but it definitely has people from across various houses. Most villages owe fealty to two houses, and so you'll have representatives from all those houses at least, and probably all the others, because everyone loves a party. Ben, I assume there's just a buffering symbol going on in the mirror right now? <laughs> <laughs> the looking glass is looking glass. The mirror starts to glow, and a voice emerges. A watcher who would see the face of my charming lord must know how to ask. God damn that mirror. What a dick. Ben, how common do I think these mirrors are? They're known but uncommon. These aren't like everyone has them. You've heard of other witches with them, but they're certainly not a common type of magic. What? Banbury is going to place the mirror in the middle of the floor where death disappeared. Banbury is going to pick up Jabruce. <gasps> he's going to wave goodbye and drop Jabruce into the mirror. Jabruce lands on the mirror and the mirror cracks right across. And there's a moment's stillness. And then the mirror cracks in multiple directions and bursts up. Little shards scatter around. And this very small, glowing, orange figure with scrawny limbs and little wings on its back appears. It's about the height of your knee, maybe. It's translucent. It's just this little orangey spectral outline. But you can clearly see it give Banbury the bird repeatedly for a long time. <laughs> and then it points up into the air and vanishes vertically up through the ceiling. Well, there we go. Job done. We will never have him scrying on us again via that. I mean, it, it solves the problem, but it doesn't answer any of the questions, really. <laughs> no, I think it was probably the right move, though. Yeah. Ben, I'm going to go and uh, retrieve Jabruce. Yep, sure. This, this is a real friend. He'll never betray me, and he'll never leave me. And I'll put him back in my sock. <laughs> but I think you don't give the sock enough kudos. It's all about your Bruce. What about the sock? Doesn't even have a name. I didn't find the sock in the woods. The sock isn't my best friend. I haven't had the sock since I was a kid. You've had the sock a long time. Yeah? How long have you had your boots? How long have you had your jacket? Not as long as you've had that sock. Well, me and my other sock, my softer sock, have had some special times. But this is more of a like hard-wearing sock. <laughs> so This sock don't want any loving. It's too coarse. Mm. Right, so we've killed Death, we've smashed a mirror. Um, how are we going to deal with this gem? How are we going to deal with this seven years' bad luck? <laughs> I think we need to find out who's guarding it, because we reckon the main way is going to be through the door. Yeah. So what we need is uh, we knock out one of the guards, possibly with drugs. We dress as them. Yeah. We go to the other one and are like, hey, let's go inside. And we go inside. I'm new. I'm here to relieve you. I'm the new guys on shift. Yep, yep. And then we could do the whole... 
oh, well, you can take it up with the boss and you know she's not very happy with these things. And he'll go, oh, no, yeah, I'll just leave. Don't worry. <laughs> like in all movies ever. You know I can magically charm anyone I want to, right? Nope, because you've not ever done that usefully. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we came in here trying to charm someone, but all we found was Death, who immediately saw through it and attacked us. Mm, see previous statement. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, yeah. but... I think there's going to be a difference between some guy that's setting us up and some mook guard. Some mook guard I can be like, oh, come on, let my friends through. Come on, they're okay. nice guys. Well, if we can identify somebody that works on the inside that you can charm and just get a whack load of information about what goes on at the parties. That's a good idea. What kind of security there is and that sort of thing. I think that would be the best in the first instance. We could just ask Nana Chi. We need to make sure that they don't remember anything is the other thing. I think we need drugs. We can ask Nana Chi and she'll be able to tell us what kind of happens at a party, but we kind of want somebody that runs it so that they can tell us what kind of security there is, don't we? Oh, do we get to hand out hors d'oeuvres on a plate while wearing like a dicky bow? Yes. <laughs> that sounds like the kind of thing you might be doing. Man, we could just use the pillow talk tactic. I mean, I'm happy to, to woo whoever it takes. <laughs> and because they'll probably die at the end of it, it's like they're not going to be talking to anyone. We haven't got to worry about leaks. Do you think that we need some form of magical disguise? Yes. <laughs> okay, next question. Okay. How are we going to achieve that? With skill and dexterity. By knocking out a waiter and wearing their dicky bow and taking a tray of hors d'oeuvres. Oh, that's your answer to everything, Enigma. <laughs> yeah. Enigma just really hates waiters. It's her entitled background. She's just got a thing about bad service. It's really annoying. When we came in it, we, we had a plan, which was you were initially going to get in disguise and we made you a disguise. You then got drunk and refused to wear it. Oh, yeah. Because you got all bullshit. Uh, Did he? Yeah, I thought he dyed his hair. Tristan, oh, I mean, he has dyed his hair, but that's not really enough, is it? Yeah, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. Uh, Tristan was going to be invisible, Enigma's very stealthy, and I was going to magically disguise myself. Oh, yeah. So we've, we've already got this plan, we've established it, we just didn't do it. <laughs> Fantastic, and then we're most of the way there. Didn't you have a plan involving Tristan being a musician for the party? Yes, I think we did. What? If we didn't, we do now. Where was I for this? Charity concert. <laughs> I'm in. Oh my God. <laughs> my two favourite words. Okay, so we just need to find out which band is playing. We then find that one person. Tristan can... Knock them out. Knock them out. Stick a dicky bow on. Yeah. Or sleep with them. I think first things first, right? If uh, Bambui can charm people into give them information, then we go speak to Grandmother Chi and find out who runs the show for these parties, whether they have a master of ceremonies um, or somebody else that she can put us in contact with and we find someone, get them charmed and ask them all of the information that we need to to be able to get in there, deposit the gem, get back out and be on our way. The other thing that we need to do whilst in town is locate and find the riding people who we were hoping to make contact with to get some faster transport down to Malim. Okay, what was the point of me playing music at the event? Because it looks really good on film. I think it was so you could create a distraction. Okay. Like, you've got arcane art. Yeah. And things that might let you captivate an audience. Okay, that makes sense. Good. Hmm. I think we were assuming that the place that the gem needed to go to was in some kind of inner sanctuary. 
um, that was likely to be both locked, guarded and defended by magical things in some way. And so we would need to engineer a way to get one of us or something through that and past that and then successfully get back out. <gasps> I've got it. I just realised I talked to a maintenance guy while I was watching a lizard eating a piece of meat. and um, That's a useful detail. I could talk to him because like maintenance people always know like an alternate way in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I meet up with him. I drug him. I nick his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> See where I'm going with this? How many drugs? Firstly, I like it. Okay, so I can create a musical diversion. And if that goes wrong, I'll just start stripping and create an actual diversion. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, whilst you're talking to people about playing the gig, then... Don't mention the nudity. Come on, Percy, I'm not an amateur. The nudity is just like a benefit. <laughs> Don't mention that you are Tristan T. Wilde, the face of many a wanted poster oh. stuck on the walls of Ender's Place. <laughs> That's going to be tricky. Oh, that was kind of my opening line. That was how I get in. Yeah, I, I suspected it might have been. That's why I thought maybe it was worth a mention. Darn it. Is your distraction going to be suddenly in the middle of the party, you start playing a such slow song so everyone has to awkwardly put their arms around each other? Mm. And everyone's so distracted by that. That is a great idea. Or maybe we could put you inside a cake. Yes. And you could like burst out of it. <laughs> yes. In like a sort of a sexy bikini or lingerie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Enigma, can I have the gem for a second? I guess. Give him a fake one. Right. <laughs> Banbury draws to Bruce on it. <laughs> <laughs> Banbury's petulant is not quite that petulant. It's like, and that issue's sorted. Right. Now, Tristan, hold out your hand. Sure. I will hold out my hand, uh, palms down. <laughs> That'll learn you. Fine, palms up. He's gone quiet and frozen. Don't have fallen out, Meg. He's fallen out with everyone. It's building tension. Oh, he's moved. Yep, no, I'm just bringing up my spells. <laughs> like a kind of vomity way. <laughs> like an owl brings up a pellet. <laughs> <laughs> That's Barry's casting style. That would be a good way of casting. <laughs> right, so we reckon it's going to be somewhere small. Right, so Tristan gets in and pretends that he's a musician. I meet him backstage and turn him into a frog. He puts this gem in his mouth and he just hops his way like through the small gaps that no one will check. Yeah? Why? What if he chokes to death? I mean, you've got to break a few... What if he's poisonous? Why am I a frog again? <laughs> oh no, the other guy was a frog. I just had my finger cut off. I remember. Because that way, no one's going to notice a frog just slowly getting through like the air vents or whatever. Yeah, but I thought Enigma was hiding the gem upon her person. Look, I just want to turn you into a frog. <laughs> <laughs> Is that so wrong? Look, everyone's got something. Enigma wants to wear a dicky bow and be a waiter. You want to do the power of love and make some people, your parents, fall in love. I just want to turn you into a frog. I, I guess. Percy's had highlights. He's got everything he's wanted out of life. Mm, they do look good. This is what I want out of life. As long as I can talk as a frog and thus throw in some more wacky voices, I'm on board. <laughs> I mean, your mouth will be full of a golf ball-sized gem. Yeah, but what if I swallow it by mistake? then you will choke to death and die. What makes you so sure there's air vents? Why won't there just be a wall and a door? There's definitely a gap, but that's some magic wood stuff. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I mean. It takes you into a different dimension or something, doesn't it? We need to get through the door, which is why we need the guards. Okay, new plan. I turn him into a frog. I put the golf ball in his mouth. I throw the frog through a window. Job done. There's no window! Just <laughs> be throwing a frog at a wall. <laughs> In fairness, he didn't say the windows of the actual place. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you turn Percy into a frog? Fine. Okay. I give give the gem back to Enigma then. Fine. <laughs> we won't do my 
brilliant plan. We'll go with one of your sucky plans. What if, right, when we've got this guard whose clothes we've nicked, we just open the door a little bit and let a frog in because it's less obvious <laughs> than letting a person in. And they'll think, oh my God, that frog's clearly a man turned into a frog trying to sneak the gem back in. They'll smash it and while they're distracted by the frog, we'll just run and giggling. Oh, perhaps a frog could go to the party and everyone gets scared and screams and stands on a chair and that's the distraction. Maybe let's park the frog idea for a moment (laughs) and just consider what other options we may have. Park the frog. Right, let's go chat to Grandmother Chi and see who we can charm and see if that gets us anywhere first of all. Yes, of course. Grandmother Chi points you at... A frog. In fact, she introduces you to Lan Mao who's the Chamberlain for the Red House. You Chairman Mao? No, he's not a Chairman, he's Chamberlain Mao. Chamberlain Mao. Also, technically, that's Chamberlain Lan. Ben, who does she introduce us as, and do we look like us? Because that seems pretty sus from the off. Who does she introduce you as? Well, have we gone in disguise? You tell me. This is something I'd like to get from you. You've had time to, like, recover and do whatever changing you wanted to do. I believe Percy's hair is slightly more blonde. (laughs) Yeah. I might tie mine up. It's now shaved into a mohawk, like a blonde mohawk. <laughs> okay, we made you strawberry blonde, didn't we? Oh yeah, that was it, strawberry blonde. Yeah, so we've shaved him into a mohawk. Maybe it's it's now sheer blonde, Yeah. but but mohawk. Barnbury wants to be like his cool father figure, so also shaved his head into a fuzzy little mohawk, but then immediately made himself look like an old man. <laughs> Are there any clothes in this house that Death set us up in? Can we dress Percy in that? It's a dying house. Surely there's full of them. I'm not I'm going to wear death's clothes. Who do you think I am? Yeah, there weren't actually clothes there, but you are upstairs from a dye works. Were there curtains? So you could maybe steal some uncleaned, un- recently dyed clothing. Okay, there we go. I'm not stealing clothing. We need to disguise you. Not by theft. We're not stealing it. Borrowing. We're not. It's not theft. This was death stuff. Was it? Look, I'll leave some money on the side. I'm going to look in the label at the top and see if anyone's written death on it. <laughs> no one has. Yeah. It just says uh, hand wash only. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hand wash? Yes. I'd have thought it would have been colour fast. <laughs> you would have thought that, wouldn't you? But no, it's uh, mm. it's just got some of that like alcohol hand wash in it. Silk is a bugger to wash. Wait, I thought it washed itself. <laughs> uh, not this stuff. This isn't the good stuff. This is just regular dyed fabric. Oh, right, okay. Ben, yeah. can Banbury come downstairs with the material as old man Banbury, who's super charming, and charm Percy into believing that this is legitimate owned clothing? <laughs> Good idea. Let's play that out. Well, hello there, little fella. <laughs> um, he- hello, sir. Uh, how can I help you? Oh, well, I- I've got these clothes here, and I've never had anyone wear them before to a grand ball, and... I kind of always had a dream. I'd say, Martha, one day, one day a man will come in here and he'll be handsome and strawberry blonde and he will wear my clothes to a fancy ball. And and from there, they'll all say, who are you wearing? And they'll say, oh, I'm wearing Jakakakala, which is a local name and legitimate as a fuck. So would you mind, kind sir, just... Wearing these lovely clothes I made you. Some of them are a little too small, but, you know. Uh, that's suspicious. How did you know I was going to a ball? Oh, I don't... Where's Banbury? I'm going to push past him. Banbury! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> what have you done with him? Oh, there's a, a, a charming little boy who definitely should be adopted by you upstairs. And he kind of said that you're all going to a ball, except 
Except that man in the back who said was a frog and I shouldn't talk to. So maybe, sir, maybe you wouldn't mind fulfilling an old man's dreams. An old man who has days yet to live and wearing these lovely clothes. Please, sir, please. <coughs> oh, I might not even make it through this evening. Ben, there's a pair of dungarees and they're tie-dye. And then there's a shirt which has the most outrageous cravat. <laughs> That's all Banbury could find. I mean, I do like the clothes. I, I'm not going to lie. But uh, can you tell me um, who the, the person was that, that was occupying this room not so long ago? Oh, there was an old, a mean old man who locked me and my dog in the room with his other dogs. You've got a dog up there? Oh, yes. it's. Uh, I can't hear it. It's been like a zoo in here. A shih tzu. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He sounds legit, Percy. You should listen to him. Percy, you hear a lot of voices on the streets and they are all talking in the language of the rolling people. I mean, obviously you hear all languages translated, but... Yeah. At the same time, normally when it's translated, it sounds like high church language. So it sounds more like ecclesiastical Latin. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll I'll speak back to him in the language of the rolling people. (laughs) Tell me where Bambu is now, you cad. What have you done with him? Yeah, I know. I, I, I like the sleeves too, sir. Oh. They're, they're my favourite. <laughs> now, if you don't mind, I've got to go to the toilet. I'm old and incontinent. Oh, oh, I best not dance too hard. Oh, a little bit trickling. Oh, I'm going now. Please wear these. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm just going to look confused at him for a moment. And... <laughs> okay. Uh, he's going to leave the room. And then follow him, probably, to the back to try and find Bambury. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I'm going to the toilet, sir. I, I don't know what the customs is where you are. Yes, but... just just you hold on there for a second. I'll just take him by the scruff of the neck and call out for Bambri. Bambri! <laughs> are you okay? Oh, my, my wrinkly neck, it hurts. Don't worry, I won't hurt you. And I've got hives and other things that might pass through human skin contact. Bambri! Come here this instant. <laughs> Swing the old man round. What have you done with him? <laughs> it's quite easy, he doesn't weigh much I gave him sweeties and told him to leave He was crying, he said No one had celebrated his birthday Which happened three weeks ago And he just cried himself to sleep that night Cried himself to sleep with a little half brick What a terrible laugh that boy has So which way did he leave? Uh, through a window, on a broom So many windows <laughs> Anyway, I've got to go, goodbye not so fast. Oh, come on. <laughs> come with me. Once I find Bambri, then I'll let you go. But until then, I don't trust you. Why? You've done something with him. <laughs> Fine. I, I guess I'll stay with you all evening like this with this voice. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. uh, ben. Yes. Obviously, the point of this was I was casting it as a charm spell. So there isn't really a mechanism for that within a like a PvP type spell casting mechanism in Dungeon World. <laughs> so it really comes down to whether Gwyn feels that Percy would be persuaded by this. There is an element of magical charm and he seems quite cordial. He's just a little suspicious of uh, the fact that uh, Banbury appears to be kidnapped by you. I think in any normal circumstance, after we'd had a big fight, some random turning up knowing exactly what everyone was about to do and intimate details of the crew would probably raise an eyebrow. Surely we know that Banbury can turn himself into an old man. 
Oh yeah, you've seen Banbury do it before. Banbury did it before coming into this house. <laughs> did he? Is it the same face? Well, if it's the same face, then yeah. I mean, it's not going to work, is it? <laughs> <laughs> that whole conversation's moot. I'll just give him a slap and stop it. <laughs> what do you think I am? <laughs> oh, well, oh, come on then, whatever. <laughs> Banbury turns back into Banbury. Banbury's going to put on the dungarees. <laughs> Brilliant. And the cravat. <laughs> yeah. Right, come on, let's go find Grandmother Chi. So we'll go see Grandmother Chi, uh, but has to be introduced to somebody that's got a handle on what happens at these things, uh, and also might have some information on the various sanctuaries that we need to get into and penetrate. Yeah. Um, when we go and see them, then we will take basic precautions to yeah. um, not look like the wanted posters that are stapled up everywhere. Okay, yes. Yeah. So Grandmother Chi... To be fair, the wanted posters are fairly... are not well drawn. Yeah. Do you want us to do, like, a Defy Danger on Charisma or something to see how good the disguises are or anything like that? Or skip past that? No, let's... We'll skip that. What we'll do is, if you start rolling low, maybe it'll happen as a complication. Okay, yeah, fine. (laughs) fine. Oh, well, I'm going to get busted then. Brilliant. (laughs) So, Lan Mao is the Chamberlain for the Red House, and he's an old friend of Grandmother Chi. So her introduction carries some weight with him. The wagons at the very front are the Silk House wagons. And she leads you over to the Red House and there's a little side door. Like there's a very big ostentatious like manor type door. There's a little side door that leads into a small office over on the left side. And she knocks on that and a human opens it. Uh, he's fairly elderly, fairly paunchy, quite short, and mostly bald with a little beard, a kind of slightly jowly face. And he's very pleased to see her. She introduces you. Does she introduce us under pseudonyms? or Would you like to be introduced under pseudonyms? Yep. I think so, yes. And if me and Bamboo can have a quick conversation beforehand, yep, sure. then just to clarify. So, Bamboo, um, she's going to introduce us to this guy... If you're able to to charm him and get information out of him as to the general about, great. It, when I speak to them, I think to keep our options open, then I will suggest that perhaps we're travellers passing through the village and we are interested in work of some sort, so that if that opens up a door to us, then we will be sat there to take it. Like handing out hors d'oeuvres. But we can always just reject it. Does that sound good? Yep, that sounds absolutely fine. Fine. Let's go with that then. Yes, so she introduces you... And he says, ah, pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Any friend of Grandmother Chi is a friend of mine. Do come into my humble office and we will discuss whichever matters are important to you. And Grandmother informs me that you are interested in the correct protocol for the forthcoming celebrations. So I will be able to introduce and explain to you everything you need to know. Excellent, yes, thank you very much. And Grandmother Chi is kind of, she's got other things to do, so having introduced you, she heads off. She trusts you already, and he's an old friend, so... Sure. Seems like a good deal, and I don't want to be role-playing with myself. (laughs) Yeah. That would be boring for everyone. (laughs) Um, So, he leads you into his office. Thank you kindly for receiving us. Yes, we are relative strangers in these parts. Um, We are are travelling through, so... Partly we are interested in just the events and the traditions that occur around the joining of the village with the Great Land City and what um, can be expected. But I mean, also we wouldn't turn our nose up 
at any work that would allow us to, to pay our way whilst we were here. So if you have any openings... We have two minions with us. Low level, like, basically can't even speak properly minions <laughs> uh, that could hand out hors d'oeuvres. They, they have good teeth. They won't spit on anyone. <laughs> One of them's a biter, but if you clip him around the head uh, just before he even looks at you, that'll stop him biting. Mm, it's true. He says, well, you're really selling them, certainly. They, they sound good. <laughs> perhaps we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Could perhaps we, we start by um, having you explain what happens in this, uh, this great tradition? He says, of course, do... Take a seat, and he offers you, much like in Grandmother Cheese's uh, wagon, you have cushions on the floor, everyone sits on the floor, and he has a low desk that he works at. He offers you tea, and he says, The importance of the ceremony is first the bringing of the tithes of the silk ready for dyeing from the villages that have produced it but it's also a commemoration a reminder of the closeness between all our houses and the friendship between them so it is a very formal event ben yes if you want do you want to to cut there and we will uh, and during like the heist session we can just wreck on to what we found yes, out during of this course. bit of course. Because um, I, mean, I guess if we've set up that we now know how the thing operates and that we might have an in to put people on the inside, that's maybe that's as much as we need at this point. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, we can make up stuff as, as we think it suits and as interesting yeah. rather than having it all mapped out now. Yes, yeah. of course. In fact, we have a mechanic. We, we have a flashback mechanic that yeah. we can use explicitly to call back to these scenes. So the other thing he informs you that is relevant is that the music at the party, which is, there's a kind of like a, a musical component to it, and they have the Five Harmonious Notes performing, who are the most celebrated group in Land City. Mm. And they are fairly easy to find. They're performing today in like a drinking hall in town. So it would be possible to meet up with them if you are so inclined, Tristan. So you said it's a five harmonies group. They're called the Five Harmonious Notes. Sounds pretentious. Okay, and they're performing a, a gig. <laughs> It'll be terrible. Yes, they've got a gig going on. And their shtick is that they represent the peoples of the plains. So they have one musician from each of the peoples of the plains. So they have one from the rolling people, one from the running people, and so on. Okay. Uh, as they're performing, I'm going to go up to, I'm assuming it's in like a bar type area. Yeah, and the bars here tend to have kind of like long tables in them and they have a stage at one end and it's fairly rowdy, it's relatively low lit. Okay, grand. You've got that constant roll of the wagons and so they're playing and it's a pretty cool like mix of music because you've got all these different instruments from the different cultures of the plane. Okay, well, they ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to go up to the barman slash lady and uh, explain that I'm a new act in town I've uh, I've scruffed my hair up a bit and I'm, I don't know, I'm just disguising myself. This isn't open mic, young man. And I'm going to say, look, I'm in town for a bit. I bring music from the West or the East, whichever one it was. It's the West. I was wondering if you could, wonder if you could let me just play a few tunes after them. It, it's music you've never heard. It tells stories of adventure and all that jazz. So just let me go on after them and uh, 
And look, here's a few here's a few gold for your time. He says, I'm not really the person to talk to. You should speak to them. You should speak to uh, uh, Jay Guanmu, the singer, and she will guide you. Got it. Thank you. They can't just finishing their set, let's say. So yeah. they're just putting their instruments down and they and kind of taking a yeah, break. That's what I thought. So this is a good opportunity. I'm going to sort of weave my way past them and walk up onto the stage with my guitar. <laughs> we'll Ladies and gentlemen, okay. I bring tales of adventure from the West. And I'm just going to rip into okay. a big set, some cr- classic Enigma's Dead tunes and like <laughs> the wall. Uh, There's a song. There's one of our songs. I'm going to sing about the wall you, and you... boots. Um as, as, as you start to, uh, as you take the stage, there's kind of like a general hubbub yep. in the room. A lot of people aren't very sure what to make yeah, of it. understandable. But then you, uh, and you start performing. Back to the and uh, give me a Defy Danger on Charisma. Let's see how this works Maybe out. you guys are ready for this, but your grandchildren are going to love it. Okay, where is my, there we go. Um, uh, give me that Don't let me down, Charisma. charisma. Ba-boo! Oh, yes! Whoa. I mean, I'd like, I think as soon as I start playing, there is just deathly silence. And even now, the band are like, oh, fuck. That feeling that we've known well when a better band than you comes on, and you're like, oh, what was our set like? And the other band are sort of quite rightly humbled, and they just come groveling, asking me to play on the party. Well, I, I, think, I think what happens is that like there's silence at first and then people are like start really getting into it and a lot of them don't even know what you're singing about you know you're not singing their language but they get those big tunes and then a couple of songs in you see the band come up and they're like between next song they say maybe join you yeah so they come in and they've got like this singer playing like a guzen, which is like a type oh, of. Oh, I know zither. what it is, Ben. And they've got flutes and they've got percussion and they've got fiddle and like crumb horn and shawm and stuff. And it sounds nice. wild. They immediately pick up your tunes and it sounds like the biggest thing. Excellent. I've got top results, everyone, by the way. That's why this is good. <laughs> yes, uh, the best yeah. possible role. And when you uh, finish, and like, there are people coming in off the yes. streets, the place is getting increasingly Excellent. packed. And so you kind of you can't finish playing, and then they demand a couple of encores. Um, you know, Jay Guamo, the singer, she tells you that's what they're actually doing and so you play a I'll couple of I'll join them with some of their songs as well. We'll do some of their classics. And and it really uh, works. It oh. sounds amazing. And at the end of it, all of the band are just stood around you. When the audience is gone, they're like putting the chairs up and everything in the bar. And Guamu, the singer, says, that was amazing. That was a new music, a new kind of music. We have always been seeking music that's shared from... All the all our peoples, but you come from a different place and you bring I'm something new. I'm not gonna new. lie, that was amazing. You guys are fantastic. We've got to do this again. When can we play next? <laughs> we have a party in two days. Uh, Join us. Make it. I can't. I'm busy. 
<laughs> this is this is difficult. I'm infiltrating this major party. I can't. Po- oh God! No, wait! No, I didn't say that. Yeah, oh, you want to play in a party? That that would be an honour. I would love to play with you guys. Not in a sexy way. Oh wait, no, not musically, like no, nudely. Yeah, I, I, to be fair, there are some yeah, I don't doubt in there is band, an so. orgy happening at some point in Cruelly Drawn Swords' future. <laughs> right. And Ben's going to have to play all of the NPCs. It's Ben's dream come true. Multiple flirtatious conversations with Tristan <laughs> T. Wilde. Yes, so they arrange for you to join oh, them fantastic. for this party. I'm in. And they're like, we'll get you the best guest list oh, place. I cannot wait. It'll be amazing. This Luxury. Is be so good. And so, yeah, and they're, they're really excited awesome. about it. What if your green room was a red room? Ah, yes. Whoa. Yeah. It's a world gone mad. You could arrange to have that as your um, dressing room. <laughs> so Tristan is on the Excellent. bill. Enigma, what was your plan? You were... I was talking to that maintenance guy. Oh, yeah, you were talking to your maintenance guy. clothes. <laughs> And hand out hors d'oeuvres. The maintenance guy told you where the under teams go to drink. And luckily, because you wouldn't get much done, it's not the same one that Tristan's visiting. And this is kind of like quite near the back of the city, which due to the infrastructure involved means it doesn't smell great. And it's a dingy little hall. Is everyone wearing like uh, boiler suits? It's pretty much... it's. Not precisely boiler suits, but it's not far off it. Cool. And a goggles? lot of them, there aren't. They don't use a lot of goggles, no. Oh. But they do have like silk eye wraps that okay, I that's guess cool. perform a similar function. Um, but they so it's kind of like a very light, almost clear silk. And some of them have like darker bands of silk for no clear reason. Maybe they're just yeah. like cyberpunk. I assume so. It's like silk punk. Yeah, silk punk. That that is very much what what our aesthetic is Excellent. in Land City. And so yes, there's this dark little tavern. There are people sat around various small tables. There's one bigger table at the back where there's a couple of people kind of lounging. Um, they're dressed very differently from most of the other people here, and they've just got. As uh, a man and a woman just with drinks drinks on the table. There's quite a lot of halflings, quite a lot of humans, um, but mostly with these kind of boiler suits and various, like, bits and bobs, like, hung from their belts and whatever. This is clearly where the, where the city workers hang out. Right. And you recognise the member of the under team who you spoke to, he looks really surprised that you came in, that you've actually shown up after uh, talking about it. He gives you a little kind of almost like a half bow. He's thin, quite tall. He's got very black hair and a little fine moustache. And again, pretty much everyone in Land City has fairly dark, uh, red-brown skin tones mostly. And he says, you're the one that was travelling under the city, aren't you? Yep, that's me. Hell of a place to hang out. That, that lizard was something, wasn't it? Oh, we get a lot of them running under there. You get lizards and stray dogs, all kinds, just scattering around. It's one reason 
Obviously, as I'm sure you know, we have to rope ourselves up. You don't want to fall down under there. They mostly will eat just waste dropped by the city, but if a person falls down, they might take you. There's certainly stories, and Ooh. it'll be a risk. It'll be a risk. That's what it is. Anyway, he says, Kuzi, pleased to meet you. Mm. I'm, 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 I'm Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Emma. Emma. Nigma. <laughs> Good solid work. <laughs> Emma Nigma. Yes, that's me. An honour to meet you. So, you wanted to hear more about how this city operates, didn't you? The little nooks and crannies that we explore. I definitely did. I always want to know what the people who actually make it work, how they live. <laughs> you know, the real, the real, you know, kind of down-to-earth, salt-of-the-wheels kind of people. That is what we call ourselves, the salt-of-the-wheels. I heard. <laughs> and isn't it true? Um, Those people up above partying, they wouldn't know anything about it, would they? They have no idea what we deal with. And then we ask for a little more budget, a few more people, oh. and it's, no, we're too busy making parties. In it, in it. I mean, you know, I heard, I heard massive parties, and they just spent all their money on that. That and security for some stone or other. Oh. We, we don't talk about the stones. Sorry. Sorry. That's that's a bit of a no-no. You're, you're clearly not from around here, so, you know, it's fine, but... We, we don't really talk about that. They them. always say that. People get funny. Well, anyway, so uh, how's... Should we leave that scene there <laughs> yeah. as well so that Enigma can just do yeah, stuff cool. and then decide what she found out when we're actually doing it? I definitely nick some overalls it... and silk. Yes, of course. I think it'd be it'd be quite a, a fun thing to do if we can just like say, yes, we'll do that, and we, we found out from these guys that you can do that. Yeah, of course. There's one last thing that I would like to do. Um, and that is, after we've done all this, we've got an extra day before the party starts. I'd like to gather the hawks up, um, and I will memorise Word of Recall for that day beforehand, and yep. cast it in one of Grandmother Chi's wagons. Now, I'm assuming okay. w Word of Recall will return us to a spot relative to like the yeah, wagon that we're standing on rather than... Let's make your wagon the frame of reference here. <laughs> yeah, rather than the, the ground that it was yeah. occupying yeah, at the time. Because otherwise, if you're on the world that moved through space, it would be very inconvenient. So we'll say yeah. the world of re word of recall, you happen to know. Yeah. You give it the I, frame of reference. I don't particularly reference. want to cover that in a scene because yeah. it will be quite nice to, if we do end up um, ending it stuck behind like a locked door with guards outside, then having that as a... Uh, yeah. As a fun way of getting out. Yeah. And then having to, then we can play out an Escape the City scene too. That Sweet. sounds like a Banbury, there's no place like home spell. Nah, that's the opposite of witches. Is... That's the chump side. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, no place like home is a witch's natural enemy. Yeah. But just so that everybody, so that we all know, then that can be an, a way that we yeah. get out if it looks like it's a one way trip. All right. This is, uh, that's all really good. So I think we've got a setup. So we will run the party and let's cool. see what happens. Cool.